Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of this freaky show. I am your host, Travesty, and alongside me... The Freak Joe. Was it weird because you wanted to say and the Freak Joe, but the and was unnecessary? Yeah, well, I just, I was waiting for an as always... Or something like that, and I just I don't know why. The the thing I the thing I keep realizing is no matter how much I try, no matter how much I want to commit, I can never perform a creepy intro to this freaky show because I always feel like weirdly uncomfortable doing it. Mm. And I don't know why I'm sitting in a room by myself. Either I should be able to go, <laughs> can't do it for some reason. I'm just like, what the hell are you doing to yourself? <laughs> But I will continue to try as long as we do this freaky show. Yeah. Um, because be, commit to the bit. Yeah, because not only is it like one of the like the longest running traditions here on this freaking show or this freaky show, if you will, uh, but it also it's like our most like acknowledged content that we have that we do uh, in a year. So. Yeah, yeah, I always want to try doing my best and everything, but it's like I think they really don't give a shit if I'm trying to talk creepily like a like a Dracula or a, um, well, I guess Doctor Frank sounds more like a lunatic. So I guess Dracula, maybe Invisible Man, something like that. Mm. Um. So, ah, uh, well, I can tell you what isn't freaky is the unbelievable discount you can get at CarterComics.com by using the discount code FreakNet. That's right. Right. Spooky season definitely terrifies a lot of people, me included. Uh, but you know what? If you want to get away from the scariness of the spooky season, you want to find something that's calming and happy, why don't you try using a discount code over at CarterComics.com? It's a one-stop shop for all your comic needs, whether it be graded or raw. Carter Comics has got them all. All you got to do is go to CarterComics.com, check out their amazing store, Fill your card up with all their amazing comics and use the discount code FREAKNET, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. You'll save 10% on your entire purchase. Not just at their website, but they got four different eBay accounts so you can see the links to all those on their homepage at cartercomics.com. Find what you're looking for there. Our discount code will save you 10% on those purchases as well. Now, one of the cool things I did mention over on my other show that I want to make sure I mention here as well if for some reason you're browsing through their website and their eBay accounts and you're seeing comics here and comics here, like all over the place, and you don't really want to make a purchase here, make a purchase there, you want to try to see if you can buy them all together, if you reach out to CarterComics.com, either through their Facebook page at CarterComics.com or on their website, reach out to them, tell them the comics you're looking for, tell them where you found them, and they'll be able to work with you where they can bundle them all together into one sale. And our discount code FreakNet will save you 10% on that overall purchase, and they'll be able to ship that to you. And I think that's pretty cool because it is a mom-and-pop shop. They can do stuff like that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So go to CarterComics.com and uh, find uh, find a little bit of joy in this spooky season. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> it's a great season. I love I love this time of year. It's a, Not only that, but the season. I love the – I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I love spooky season, but I love fall. Mm, yes. Fall is my favorite uh season, it's my favorite time of year. Uh I even though I don't like walking out to my windows being frosted over and stuff, I still like knowing that it's because it's getting colder out and the leaves are about to change and they're about to fall off the uh 
the trees and get that creepy branch look to it and everything. It's my, it's truly the best time of the year. Agreed. This is the time of year that I have clothes for. I don't know why, but I have, uh, I, I don't really have a lot of summer clothes. Uh, but I'm always looking forward to fall because I have clothes that like feel fall y. I don't know. Are you always saying like sweater vest? Like a sweater vest, like, uh, uh, like a good button up that's like, like a thicker quality material. Like yeah. it's too hot to wear in the summer because it's going to make you sweat. But yeah, like you can wear it in the fall. Yeah. Like something feels like it's made out of like quilt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what word I was trying to go for there, but quilt was what was in my head. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean and I'm not sure what word either, but it worked. Communication happened. That's all that matters. <laughs> <coughs> well, because we, because this is, um, this freaky show, because uh, we are celebrating Halloween throughout the entire month of October, uh, of course the freak show is going to share a spooky story with us and we're going to get that, uh, on the back half of the episode, but, of course, because we're talking about the spooky season, we want to talk about Halloween-related topics. Now, I'm trying to remember, what did we talk about last time? We're talking about uh, the pumpkin spice stuff, right? Yes. Right? That's exactly right. Perfect. Well, because uh, because I'm fat, uh, I want to stay in that kind of uh, realm, and I want to kind of talk about candy for a minute, if you're All right. cool with that, Joe. I love talking about candy. <laughs> because... Uh, one of the one of the coolest things I think I love about this holiday season, obviously, you know, being a kid, you know, walking around and getting free candy from people is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, first off, let me ask you: as an adult, how often do you find yourself eating candy? More often than I should as an adult. See, for me, like unless it's like free at work, I don't really walk into a gas station and buy a candy bar anymore. Mm, good for you. Yeah, like I want to. I think honestly, I think the last time I truly bought candy uh was I think about a couple months ago, but the only reason I did it is because if I bought two king size Reese's, I got five cents off on my gas. Nice. But like I never do it. But like I never walked into a gas station. Like I <clears throat> other than that time. I never really walked into a gas station. I'm like, you know what? I gotta go down the candy aisle and look for like some gummy worms or three musketeers, stuff like that. It's like it just, yeah. it just never, it never became a priority to me, like a necessity anymore. But I mean, obviously, like when I walk into uh, work and the uh, girl at the front desk uh, is huge into decorating, so like uh, the entire um, office is covered in Halloween decorations. There's like a candy bowl there and. There's like Butterfingers and Crunch Bars. Uh, what the hell is the other one? Babe Ruth sitting in that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so, I haven't had a good uh, Babe Ruth. What? I haven't had a good Babe Ruth in a while. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what happened, but it cut off where you said, I haven't had a good Babe Ruth, and that's all I heard. Yeah. So I, I, stopped, like, I stopped right there because I was thinking about 100 grand's also. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I haven't I, had I, a good hundred grand in a while either. Dude, I would kill for a hundred grand right now. Right? They're they're, they're a delicious candy bar. Yeah, money or the candy bar, either way. Oh, jeez, oh, man. I'm in. I uh, I I've, I found myself being a huge fan of uh, of like like rice chocolates, like Crunch Bars, Crackles from uh, Hershey's, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know what it is, man, but it's just something about the. Uh, the crispy rice treat that's inside of those candy bars are fantastic. Uh, but Absolutely. I think, 
But every candy bar has like its its own special thing that makes it like like oh I love it because um like I love peanut butter because it has that crunch and has that peanut butter taste and I love Milky Way because it has that gooey like nougat inside it the three musketeer because it has that fluffy you know filling and everything. Yep. Snickers Snickers really tries to like grab everything. Yeah, the I love nougat, the nougat, the caramel, the peanut. Like they're like, like we want to take all the cool things and stick it into one fucking candy bar. Yeah, I've yeah. probably eaten enough Snickers for me and most of our audience. <laughs> I always wondered why Snickers became the commercial where it says like, you know, like, like not yourself have a Snickers. You're not you're right? not yourself when you're hungry. Yeah, I, I think I'm, it's just it's a really substantial candy bar. It's got peanuts, it's got caramel, it's got nougat, it's got chocolate. What more could you want? I don't think I've ever eaten a, a Snickers bar and say, you know what, this is a great substitute for a meal. I don't, I don't know if Snickers has ever done that for me. So, uh, Joe, I can't hear you, so I don't know if you're talking or what happened, but I'm just going to keep going on by myself. Still there, Joe? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm sorry. I, uh, my uh, lady science brought me a drink, and oh. I what it was. Oh, what was it? It's a it's an old, uh, an old fashioned. Ooh, solid. A whiskey old fashioned, to be clear, with a uh, with a lemon twist instead of an orange twist. It's pretty good. I'm surprised they didn't try to do festive like a. Uh... Like a like a hot like like a hot cider with like maybe like some whiskey in it. Mm, I should have lied. Mm, yep. Right. A pumpkin spice uh, screwdriver. Right. Yeah, I I was ready to, to answer the question you were saying, and then I lost it. Just now, you were asking. Oh, I just said that I've never eaten a Snickers bar and felt like, you know, this is a good substitute for a meal. Like, Oh, yeah, no. It's a fine, it's an okay snack. I've definitely yeah. pounded like 10 Snickers bars in one sitting before, though. Like full, like full, like bars? You're talking about like, like a, like a full size, not a king size, not a, not a mini, but like a, just a full, a regular size. Hmm. Gotcha. I, uh, in in a sitting, when it comes to it, like if somebody says, "Here's a bowl of candy, <clears throat> sit through this." Let me okay. I'll ask you this question. I bring you a jeez, uh, what would be a good? Uh, would be a, 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 an adequate size container. Um, let's go with a let's go with a, uh, uh, a like a basket of bush of apples would come in. Like All right, so like a bushel basket. <laughs> yeah, sure. What did I say? You said a basket of bushel of apples would come in. Excellent. So I was very close. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's say I, I, I walk up to you with a bushel basket, and I'm like, here, Joe, here in this basket is one kind of candy. Now, you cannot leave this seat until this is completely gone. Oh, okay. What is that candy? Oh. Um, and I allowed to have anything else in it? Like, could what? I say? Because I, I think I could eat that if it was like candy corn and peanuts. No, it, it, it's one thing. It would have to be just candy it, it, corn. It would have to be just candy corn, and but it has to be a candy. 
Right, yeah, it couldn't be peanuts. Yeah. No. Which, by the way, fuck people who think candy corn is uh, disgusting. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. Especially the pumpkins. Right? Oh, I love the candy corn pumpkins. I love the candy corn pumpkins. But yeah, no, it's a a bushel basket full of one type of candy. That's a lot of candy. Yeah. Um, Cannot leave until you finish that basket. And it's just one. So, like, it couldn't be Three Musketeers and Snickers. It could only be Three Musketeers. Only Three Musketeers. Only Reese's Cups. Only Hershey, Hershey Kisses, if you want. But it's just... It's one type of candy. I, I think it would have to be a payday. Also, a Babe Ruth without chocolate. Yeah. That's pretty much all it is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a solid choice. Yeah, it's also candy corn and peanuts, but, like, together as one bar. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, honestly, I'd probably have to go with, like, uh, like Almond Joys. Yeah. I love coconut. Yeah, me too. I I love it too. I I thought about it briefly. It's the chocolate on the outside that would make me. I, I think be, I would get tired of the chocolate after a while. Yeah, no, it's, it'd definitely be a lot. I think going payday would be pretty solid. <laughs> and you can't do anything sugary. Like you can't ask for like you know like a bushel basket full of like gummy bears and stuff. Yeah, right. I thought about M and M's briefly, but I've had yeah. I've had like a family size bag of M and M's before, and it's uh, that's it's enough. It's it's more than enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do more than one bag of a family size M and M at a time. I, you know, and it, it's I I don't really mess with M and M's anymore, just because when they came out with like the M and M Krispies, uh, those yeah. were those were my favorite. When they got rid of them, I felt I felt slightly betrayed. Mm-hmm. I believe I know the Krispies are back, by the way. You know what? I keep hearing that, and I and that that never delivers. Like it's not as good as it was. No, it's just I can never find them. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, like people are like people are like, oh, it's coming back, but it's only like you know available in like Zimbabwe. Mm, you know, gotcha. or like like you know, get your M M&M Krispies today in Yemen. Uh-huh. You know, it's like I really would love them in like Piaton. Yeah, you know, but I mean, if they are, I'll find them. I know, I know, it's goofy to like you know, like because once in a while I'll go on like you like Amazon and see if like they're there. And they are, but like a like a regular bag is like thirty dollars, and I just can't. Mm. I, I just won't do that. There are there are things I will buy off of Amazon because of the convenience of it. Mm-hmm. But the two biggest things I've seen on Amazon that I refuse to buy is I refuse to buy a bag of crispy onions for thirty dollars, oh. and I refuse to buy a twelve pack of Big Red Soda for forty four dollars. Yep, that's two that's correct a- things. Yeah, it's absurd. And I love Big Red Soda. Oh, I, yeah. hate the, I hate the fact that every time I, you know, see it, that it's supposed to be somewhere, and I go there and it's not there, pisses me off. Like, the the, the girl at the front desk I work with, she was, like, running off to Jewel Osco for something. I'm like, awesome. Little home, like, and I look it up, Baba, and I see it there. I'm like, cool. If you go to the soda section, there's a two-liter of Big Red Soda. She's like, what is that? I'm like, it's like a red cream soda, and it's fantastic. If you get that for me, I'd appreciate it. And of course, they didn't have it. It's like, then why advertise it? Right? Like, you liars. Garbage. Yeah. Uh, I love almond joys. I love coconut. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I really don't think, other other than those bullshit whoppers, I don't think there's a candy I don't like. Yeah. Uh, you, you like whoppers, right? I do like whoppers. I'm a big fan like of whoppers. 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 I love a malted milk ball, just generally. 
I did. Would you enjoy Whoppers if they infused it with Malort? Uh, I, well, I would enjoy it for the same way that I enjoy Malort, which is like to feed to other people as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll have one, you have one, because that's only fair, but we're both having these. Well, that's, that's the, I mean, that's the tradition I have here, but I think that's the tradition for everybody is, if you find somebody who's never had a Sean Malort, you need to give them a Sean Malort, but you in turn have to do it with them. Yeah, I think it's the only right thing to do. Yeah, and I, I, I think I explained that to Colin when we first started doing it. Colin's like, oh, I gotta get this stuff, it's so nasty, blah, blah, blah. I was like, Colin, if you offer it to somebody, you have to take it with them. Right. And I mean, he was fine with it because he loved to see the reactions of other people doing it. Yep. I've never offered to anyone because I don't want to do it again. Like, yep. I, like I'm fully, <laughs> I'm fully content if I've never have another Malort in my life, and I'm sure I'm going to at some point again. But I'd be fully content to never do another Malort in my life. I just mm. can't do it. It's just it, it. The last time I had Malort, I think it was maybe a New Year's party here, which had to have been like maybe five years ago. Sounds right. And it's still sitting with me. Like, I, I just I can't I can't do Malort. I don't know how you and your wife could fucking handle that shit, man. It's just I love it. Just, I really I'm, I really enjoy it. I've actually figured out like I've been working on different cocktails for it so that I could enjoy it in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a like an amaretto Malort sour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the most recent thing I tried was a Malort eggnog. I, I remember you telling me about that. What, you know what, what about, uh, what about an apple pie shop and said vodka used Malort? I would try that. I don't think it would be good, but I'd try it. I don't think it'd be good either. Well, I don't know, because maybe the, like, the, 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 the apple, the apple juice, the apple cider, and the cinnamon would, <laughs> would, like, hide the taste maybe just enough to where it just feels like you're, like, Nine on like apple tree bark. Yeah, I mean, we could turn <laughs> we could turn that into a into a YouTube video. You know, just trying to do different Malort drinks and stuff. You know, just substituting one thing out for another, like a Malort sunrise. Ooh, that sounds horrible, yeah. but I I'm in uh, a Malortarita. Yeah, uh, Malort snake bite. Ooh, a Cosmo, <laughs> a Cosmolortin. Oh, a Cosmolort. Ah, I geez. love it. There's things, man. There's, there's options. I, I bet, I bet I could find a friend, or I bet I could find a bar in town where we said, hey, listen, if we bring you a couple bottles of Malort and we ask you to make vintage drinks but substitute Malort into it, would you do it? I mean, luckily to our sponsor, CarterComics.com, we can afford to do shit like that. Right. <laughs> because what other sponsor is going to pay you to get drunk while making content? Oh yeah, dude, I'm so in. I hate Malort, but you know I would do it if it means views. Right, I do anything for the views. <laughs> and all we gotta do is just you know title the video like two dudes, one Malort, and uh, <laughs> they will be there. And yeah, we just make a make a you know a bunch of you know you know we could plug the uh, bar that we go to. We have lunch there and everything. And, We'll put that in the uh, list of videos that are, uh, you know, should be done. You know, like uh, like trying to pumpkin spice stuff and uh, eating beef sandwiches and chicken sandwiches. Nice. Yeah. 
I'm about it. I think that sounds fantastic. Yeah, God. I don't know. I, if any of you out there, if, uh, if you guys ever try my Lord, uh, first off, share with us your experience because I love, uh, reading those stories. But also, uh, send us some, uh, some drink ideas because we love to get your guys' feedback. And if we use your drink idea, we'll, uh, shout you out in the video. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah. What, uh, what is your plans for Halloween, Joe? You guys, uh, do you guys, uh, well, I'm trying to remember. I don't, when, uh, is, I don't know that I have any. How how many Halloweens have you lived at your house now? This will be the third. Okay. Do you pass out candy? No. Um, I'm assuming are we Bibles? Was that no? Uh, our um, our our uh, our porch light doesn't work, and so we can't yep. signal that we're available for. Uh, wait, wait, in the three years you lived, your porch light doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, and I've had my dad look at it, and he's like, "I don't know how to fix that." I'm sure he could figure it out, but he hasn't like looked at it because uh, I think we're gonna have to go up into the attic and figure out like where the wiring is bad. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, or you need like a, a ladder that's a size we don't have. I see. I uh, I always thought to myself like you know like I if I can I will definitely hand out candy. Yeah. Um, I think I handed out candy my first year here and haven't done it in the last seven. And what I think for the well, first off, I think the last five years, uh, was usually a work thing. You know, I was either at work or by the time I got home from work, it was like three quarters of the way through because trick or treating hours are bullshit now where you do like, <clears throat> like three to seven, but their kids aren't even getting out of school and home until like a quarter to four and right. goofy Utter crap. Garbage. Yeah, it sucks. But then I was like, so, you know, by the time I get home, they're already, like, out there for, like, two and a half hours, and they only got an hour left, and I'm not going to buy a shit ton of candy that's just going to sit there, and I'm going to have to end up eating it because I don't need to do that to myself as much as I wouldn't mind doing that to myself. Right. You get excuse. I know, right? It's like, what am I going to do with this bushel of almond joys? Right, um, yeah. Yeah, I am thinking this year of going over to the church with a bowl of candy and... Setting up there. Did you uh, did you ever think about doing a trunk or treat? I have thought about it. I I always think about it too late to actually plan one. Mm. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So like I'd love to do one, but I feel like we don't have enough time, and I don't know. Well, other plan- other places already have the times and days that we would do it. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, trunk or treats have become huge lately, and I'm not oh, sure yeah. if that's a if that was a pandemic thing or a safety thing or whatever. Well, no, it could be a pandemic thing because I remember tr- doing trunk or treats with my ex back in 2011. Yeah, so, so trunk or treats have been around for a while. Right. I just think I I think I commonly knew them more happening in like higher crime like risk areas. Yeah, I think um, yeah, places where you don't want kids going door to door and yes, you know. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think they're a cool concept. I think uh, I think Pietone actually has like three of them or something like that. Like one's like a downtown one, one's like a church. Maybe it's only like two. Um, but they have a couple, and I think that's pretty cool. And I, I think it also kind of gives uh Makes it easier for parents who work during the week to take yeah. their kids on trick or treating when they can't do it because they have to go to work and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know what it is. And I think this might be a good segue into uh, your story time. But I keep feeling like a weird gust of wind hit me. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, God, like I didn't even know I turned the fan on. And I didn't. Oh, no. So, I mean, it stopped, not that I mentioned it, but... Uh, so weird. Um, but uh, freak Joe, uh, let's uh, let's 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 what what's the word? Regale us. Yeah. Would you what? Regale us. Regale. Would you? Yeah. Is it regale? Like doing it again? Yeah, it's regale. I don't know why it's regale, hmm. but it is. Could, could it be engale? Is that a thing? Like engale us? I don't know. Hmm. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, Freak Joe, why don't you uh, share with us a, uh, a freaky tale? I don't know why I should why I even should attempt to think of classy words. I'm a loon, but mm. uh, one of my favorite parts of uh, this freaky show, doing the month long celebration of Halloween and doing these special podcast series and everything, is because the Freak Joe gets to share with us these amazing short stories that we find throughout the years and everything. And uh, it's always cool because we can always find a different one and a new one to share with us. So um, this is where I take my step back and get to enjoy uh, the Freak Show. Read me as well as our listeners. This uh, this episode, this Freaky uh, tale. Yeah. Okay, Joe. Oh, you. This is a man. Uh, I, sorry, I was reading the name of this author and I thought it was a woman. The picture also feels that way. Anyway, the title of this text is A Happy Release, and the author is Sabine Bearing Gold. Mr. Benjamin Woolfield was a widower. For 12 months, he put on mourning. The mourning was external and by no means represented the condition of his feelings, for his married life had not been happy. He and Kesiah had been unequally yoked together. The Mosaic law forbade the union of the ox and the ass to draw one plow, and two more uncongenial creatures than Benjamin and Kesiah could hardly have been coupled to draw the matrimonial furrow. She was a Plymouth sister, and he, as she repeatedly informed him whenever he indulged in light reading, laughed, smoked, went out shooting, or drank a glass of wine, was of the earth, earthy, and a miserable worldling. For some years, Mr. Woolfield had been made to feel as though he were a moral and religious pariah. Kesiah had, had invited to the house and to meals those of her own way of thinking, and on such occasions had spared no pains to have the table well served, for the elect are particular about their feeding, if indifferent as to their drinks. On such occasions, moreover, when Benjamin had sat at the bottom of his own table, he had been made to feel that he was a worm to be trodden on. The topics of conversation were such as were far beyond his horizon, and concerned matters of which he was ignorant. He attempted at intervals to enter into the circle of talk. He knew that such themes as football matches, horse races, and cricket were taboo, but he did suppose that home or foreign politics might interest the guests of Kasaya. But he soon learned that this was not the case, unless such matters tended to the fulfillment of prophecy. When, however, in his turn, Benjamin invited home to dinner some of his old friends, he found that all provided for them was hashed mutton, cottage pie, and tapioca pudding. 
but even these could have been stomached had not Mrs. Woolfield sat stern and silent at the head of the table, not uttering a word but giving vent to occasional, very audible sighs. When the year of mourning was well over, Mr. Woolfield put on a light suit and contented himself, as an indication of bereavement, with a slight black band round the left arm. He also began to look about him for someone who might make up the year, make up for the years during which he had felt like a crushed strawberry. And in casting his inquiring eye about, it lighted upon Philippa, uh, yeah, Philippa Weston, a bright, vigorous young lady, well-educated and intelligent. She was aged twenty-four, and he was but eighteen years older, a difference on the right side. It took Mr. Woolfield's but a short courtship to reach an understanding, and he became engaged. On the same evening upon which he had received a satisfactory answer to the question put to her, and had pressed for an early marriage, to which also consent had been accorded, he sat by his study fire, with his hands on his knees, looking into the embers and building love castles there. Then he smiled and patted his knees. He was startled from his honey reveries by a sniff. He looked round. There was a familiar ring in that sniff which was unpleasant to him. What he then saw dissipated his rosy dreams and sent his blood to his heart. At the table sat his Kasaya, looking at him with her beady black eyes and with stern lines in her face. He was so startled and shocked that he could not speak. Benjamin, said the apparition, I know your purpose. It shall never be carried to accomplishment. I will prevent it. Prevent what, my love, my treasure? He gathered up his faculties to reply. It is in vain that you assume that infantile look of innocence, said his deceased wife. You shall never, never lead her to the hymeneal altar. Lead whom, my idol? You astound me. I know all. I can read your heart. A lost being, though you be, you have still me to watch over you. When you quit this earthly tabernacle, if you have given up taking in the field, and have come to realize your fallen condition, there is a chance, a distant chance, but yet one of our union becoming eternal. You don't mean to say so, said Mr. Woolfield, his jaw falling. There is. There is that to look to. That to lead you to turn over a new leaf, but it can never be if you become united to that flipperty gibbet. Mentally, Benjamin said, I must hurry up with my marriage. Vocally, he said, Dear me, dear me. My care for you is still so great, continued the apparition, that I intend to haunt you by day, night and by day till that engagement be broken off. I would not put you to so much trouble, said he. It is my duty, replied the late Mrs. Woolfield sternly. You are oppressively kind, sighed the widower. At dinner that evening, Mr. Woolfield had a friend to keep him company, a friend to whom he had poured out his heart. To his dismay, he saw seated opposite him the form of his deceased wife. He tried to be lively, he cracked jokes, but the sight of the grim face and the stony eyes riveted, riveted on him damped his spirits, and all his mirth died away. You seem to be out of sorts tonight, said his friend. I am sorry that I act so bad a host, apologized Mr. Woolfield. Two is company, three is none. But we are only two here tonight. My wife is with me in spirit. Which, she that was, or she that is to be? Mr. Woolfield looked with timid eyes towards her who sat at the end of the table. She was raising her hands in holy horror, and her face with black, was black with frowns. 
His friend said to himself when he left, Oh, these lovers, they are never themselves so long as the fit lasts. Mr. Woolfield retired early to bed. When a man has screwed himself up to proposing to a lady, it has taken a great deal out of him, and nature demands rest. It was so with Benjamin. He was sleepy. A nice little fire burned in his grate. He undressed and slipped between the sheets. Before he put out the light, he became aware that the late Mrs. Woolfield was standing by his bedside with a nightcap on her head. I am cold, said she, bitterly cold. I'm sorry to hear it, my dear, said Benjamin. The grave is cold as ice, she said. I'm going to step into bed. No, never, exclaimed the widower, sitting up. It won't do, it really won't. You will draw all the vital heat out of me, and I shall be laid up with rheumatic fever. It will be ten times worse than damp sheets. I'm coming to bed, repeated the deceased lady, inflexible as ever in carrying out her will. As she stepped in, Mr. Woolfield crept out on the side of the fire and seated himself by the grate. He sat there some considerable time, and then, feeling cold, he fetched his dressing gown and enveloped himself in that. He looked at the bed. In it lay the deceased lady with her long slit of a mouth shut like a rat trap and her eyes, hard eyes, fixed on him. "'It is no use your thinking of marrying, Benjamin,' she said. "'I shall haunt you till you give it up.' Mr. Woolfield sat by his fire all night and only dozed off toward morning. During the day, he called at the house of Miss Weston and was shown into the drawing room. But there, standing behind her chair, was his deceased wife with her arms folded on the back of the seat, glowering at him. It was impossible for the usual tender passages to ensue between the lovers with such a witness present, expressing by gesture her disapproval of such matters and her inflexible determination, determination to force on a rupture. The dear departed did not attend Mr. Woolfield continuously during the day, but appeared at intervals. He could never say when he would be free, when she would not turn up. In the evening, he rang for the housemaid. Jemima, he yelled, put two bo hot bottles into my bed tonight. It is somewhat chilly. Yes, sir. And let the water be boiling, not with the chill off. Yes, sir. When somewhat late Mr. Woolfield retired to his room, he found, as he had feared, that his late wife was there before him. She lay in the bed with her mouth snapped, her eyes like black balls staring at him. "'My dear,' said Benjamin, "'I hope you are more comfortable.' "'I'm cold, deadly cold. "'But I trust you are enjoying the hot bottles.' "'I lack animal heat,' replied the late Mrs. Woolfield." Benjamin fled the room and returned to his study, where he unlocked his spirit case and filled his pipe. The fire was burning. He made it up. He would sit there all night during the passing hours. However, he was not left quite alone. At intervals, the door was gently opened, and the night-capped head of the late Mrs. Woolfield was thrust in. "'Don't think, Benjamin, that your engagement will lead to anything,' she would say. "'Because it will not. I shall stop it.' So time passed. Mr. Woolfield found it impossible to escape his persecution. He lost spirits, he lost flesh. At last, after sad thought, he saw but one way of relief, and that was to submit. And in order to break off the engagement, he must have a prolonged interview with Philippa. He went to the theater and bought two stall tickets, and sent one to her with the earnest request that she would accept it and meet him that evening at the theater. He had something to communicate of the utmost importance. 
At the theater, he knew that he would be safe. The principles of Kasaya would not suffer her to enter there. At the proper time, Mr. Woolfield drove round to Miss Weston's, picked her up, and together they went to the theater to look uh, and took their places in the stalls. Their seats were side by side. I am so glad you have been able to come, said Benjamin. I have a most shocking disclosure to make to you. I am afraid that, but I hardly know how to say it, that I really must break it off. Break what off? Our engagement. Nonsense. I've been fitted for my trousseau. Your what? My wedding dresses. Oh, I beg your pardon. I did not understand your French pronunciation. I thought, but it does not matter what I thought. Pray, what is the sense of this? Philippa, my affection for you is unabated. Do not suppose that I love you one whit the less, but I am oppressed by a horrible nightmare, daymare as well. I am haunted. Haunted indeed. Yes, by my late wife. She allows me no peace. She has made up her mind that I shall not marry you. Oh, is that all? I am haunted also. Surely not. It is a fact. Shh, shh, from persons in front and at the side. Neither Ben nor Philippa had noticed that the curtain had risen and that the play had begun. We are disturbing the audience, whispered Mr. Woolfield. Let us go out into the passage and promenade there, and then we can talk freely. So both rose, left their stalls, and went into the couloir. Look here, Philippa, said he, offering the girl his arm, which she took. The case is serious. I am badgered out of my reason, out of my health by the late Mrs. Woolfield. She always had an iron will, and she has intimidated to, intimated to me that she will force me to give you up. Defy her. I cannot. These ghosts are exacting. Give them an inch, and they take an L. They are like old servants. If you yield to them, they tyrannize all over you. But how do you know, Philippa, dearest? Because, as I said, I also am haunted. That only makes the matter more hopeless. On the contrary, it only shows how well suited we are to each other. We are in one box. Philippa, it is a dread thing. When my wife was dying, she told me she was going to a better world and that we should never meet again, and she has not kept her word. The girl laughed. Rag her with it. How can I? You can do it perfectly. Ask her why she is left out in the cold. Give her a piece of your mind. Make it unpleasant for her. I give Yehu no good time. Who is Yehu? Yehu Post is the ghost who haunts me. When in the flesh he was a great admirer of mine, and in his cumbrous way tried to court me, but I never liked him, and gave him no encouragement. I snubbed him unmercifully, but he was one of those self-satisfied, well-assured creatures incapable of taking a snubbing. He was a Plymouth brother. My wife was a Plymouth sister. I know she was, and I always felt for you. It was so sad. Well, to go on with my story. In a frivolous mood, Yehu took a bicycle, and the very first time he scorched, he was thrown. And he so injured his back that he died in a week. Before he departed, he entreated that I would see him, so I could not be nasty, and I went. And he told me then that he was about to be wrapped in glory. I asked him if this was so certain. Cocksure was his reply, and they were his last words, and he has not kept his word. And he haunts you now? Yes, he dangles about with his great ox eyes fixed on me, but as to his envelope of glory, I have not seen the fag end of it, and I have told him so. Do you really mean this, Philippa? 
I do. He wrings his hands and sighs. He gets no charge out of me, change out of me, I promise you. This is a very strange condition of affairs. It only shows how well matched we are. I do not suppose you will find two other people in England so situated as we are, and therefore so admirably suited to one another. There is much to what you say. But how are we to rid ourselves of the nuisance? For it is a nuisance being thus haunted. We cannot spend all our time in a theater. We must defy them, marry in spite of them. I never did defy my wife when she was alive. I do not know how to pluck up courage now she is dead. Feel my hand, Philippa, how it trembles. It, she has broken my nerve. When I was young, I could play spellikins. My hand was so steady. Now I am quite incapable of doing anything with the little sticks. Well, hearken to what I propose, said Miss Weston. I will beard the old cat. Hush, not so disrespectful. She was my wife. Well, then the ghost of the old lady in her den. You think she will appear if I go to pay you a visit? Sure of it. She is consumed with jealousy. She had no personal attractions herself, and you have a thousand. I never knew whether she loved me, but she was always confoundedly jealous of me. Very well, then. You have often spoken to me about changes in the decoration of your villa. Suppose I call on you tomorrow afternoon, and you shall show me what your schemes are. And your ghost, will he attend you? Most probably. He also is as jealous as a ghost could well be. Well, so be it. I shall await your coming with impatience. Now, then, we may as well go to our respective homes. A cab was accordingly summoned, and after Mr. Woolfield had handed Philippa in and she had taken her seat in the back, he entered and planted himself with his back to the driver. Why do you not sit by me? asked the girl. I can't, replied Benjamin. Perhaps you may not see, but I do. My deceased wife is in the cab and occupies the place on your left. Sit on her, urged Philippa. I haven't the effrontery to do it, gasped Ben. Will you believe me, whispered the young lady, leaning over to speak to Mr. Woolfield. I have seen Yehu Post hovering about the theater door, wringing his white hands and turning up his eyes. I suspect he is running after the cab. As soon as Mr. Woolfield had deposited his bride-elect to her residence, he ordered the cabman to drive him home. Then he was alone in the conveyance with the ghost. As each gaslight was passed, the flash came over the cadaverous face opposite him, and sparks of fire kindled momentarily in the stony eyes. Benjamin, she said, Benjamin, oh, Benjamin, do not suppose that I shall permit it. You may writhe and twist, you may plot and contrive how you will. I will stand between you and her as a wall of ice. Next day in the afternoon, Philippa Weston arrived at the house. The late Mrs. Woolfield had, however, apparently obtained an inkling of what was intended, for she was already there, in the drawing-room, seated in an armchair, with her hands raised and clasped, looking stonily before her. She had a white face, no lips that showed, and her dark hair was dressed in two black slabs, one on each side of the temples. It was done in a knot behind. She wore no ornaments of any kind. In came Miss Weston, a pretty girl, coquettishly dressed in colors, with sparkling eyes and laughing lips. As she had predicted, she was followed by her attendant specter, a tall, gaunt young man in a black frock coat, with a melancholy face and large ox eyes. He shambled in shyly, looking from side to side. He had white hands and long, lean fingers. Every now and then he put his hands behind him, up his back under the tails of his coat, and rubbed his spine where he had received his mortal injury in cycling. 
Almost as soon as he entered, he noticed the ghost of Mrs. Woolfield that was, and made an awkward bow. Her eyebrows rose, and a faint, wintry smile of recognition lighted up her cheeks. "'I believe I have the honor of saluting Sister Kasaya,' said the ghost of Yehu Post, and he assumed a posture of ecstasy. "'It is even so, Brother Yehu. And how do you find yourself, Sister, out of the flesh?' The late Miss Woolfield looked disconcerted, hesitated a moment, as if she found some difficulty in answering, and then, after a while, said, "'I suppose much as you do, brother.' It is melancholy duty that detains me here below, said Jehu Post's ghost. The same may be said of me, observed the spirit of the deceased Mrs. Woolfield. Pray, take a chair. I am greatly obliged, sister. My back. Philippa nudged Benjamin, and unobserved by the ghosts, both slipped into the adjoining room by a doorway over which hung velvet curtains. In this room, on the table, Mr. Woolfield had collected patterns of chintzes and books of wallpapers. There the engaged pair remained, discussing what curtains would go with the chintz coverings of the sofa and chairs, and what papers would harmonize them both. "'I see,' said Philippa, "'that you have plates hung on the walls. I don't like them. It is no longer in good form. If they be worth anything, you must have a cabinet with glass doors for the china. How about the carpets?' "'There is the drawing room,' said Benjamin. "'No, we won't go in there and disturb the ghosts,' said Philippa. "'We'll take the drawing room for granted.' "'Well,' Come with me to the dining room. We can reach it by another door. In the room they had now entered, the carpet was in fairly good condition, except at the head and bottom of the table where it was worn. This was especially the case at the bottom where Mr. Woolfield had usually sat. There, when his wife had lectured, moralized, and harangued, he had rubbed his feet up and down and had fretted the nap off the Brussels carpet. I think, remarked Philippa, that we can turn it about, and by taking one... Uh, taking out one width and putting that under the bookcase and inserting the strip that was there in this room, uh, we can save the expense of a new carpet. But the engravings, those landseers, what do you think of them, Ben, dear? She pointed to the two familiar engravings of the deer in winter and dignity and impudence. Don't you think, Ben, that one has got a little tired of those pictures? My late wife did not object to them. They were so perfectly harmless. But your coming wife does. We will have something more up-to-date in their room. By the way, I wonder how the ghosts are getting on. They have left us alone so far. I will run back and have a peep at them through the curtains. The lively girl left the dining apartment and her husband-elect, studying the pictures to which Philippa had objected. Presently, she returned. Oh, Ben, such fun, she said, laughing. My ghost has drawn up his chair close to that of the late Mrs. Woolfield, and it's fondling her hand. But I believe that they are only talking... Goody, goody. And now about the china, said Mr. Woolfield. It is in a closet near the pantry, that is to say, the best china. I will get a benzoline lamp, and we will examine it. We had it out only when Mrs. Woolfield had a party of her elect brothers and sisters. I fear a good deal is broken. I know that the soup tureen has lost a lid, and I believe we are short of vegetable dishes. How many plates remain, I do not know. We had a parlor-maid, Dorcas, who was a sad smasher. But as she was one who had made her election sure, my late wife would not part with her. And how are you for off for glass? The wine glasses are fairly complete. I fancy the cut glass decanters are in a bad way. My late wife chipped them, I really believe, out of spite. It took the couple some time to go through the china and the glass. And the plate? asked Philippa. Oh, that is right. All the real old silver is at the bank, as Kasaya preferred plated goods. 
How about the kitchen utensils? Upon my word, I cannot say. We had a rather nice-looking cook, and so my late wife never allowed me to step inside the kitchen. Is she here still? inquired Philippa sharply. No, my wife, when she was dying, gave her the sack. Bless me, Ben, exclaimed Philippa. It is growing dark. I have been here an age. I really must go home. I wonder the ghosts have not worried us. I'll have another look at them. She tripped off. In five minutes she was back. She took for a minute, stood for a minute, looking at Mr. Woolfield, laughing so heartily that she had to hold her sides. What is it, Philippa? he inquired. Oh, Ben, a happy release. They will never dare to show their faces again. They have eloped together. The end. Who would have thought that uh, a freaky tale would end in a love story? I didn't expect it. <laughs> uh, solid. Solid pick, Joe. Loved it. Thank you. Um, I love a good love story. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, in my mind, when we first started doing Freaky Tales, I always thought, I don't know how many we could really find, because there really can't be that many out there, and my God, is there a lot. There are so many. So it's safe to say that we could do this Freaky Show for years and years to come, and we'll probably never run out. I sure hope so. And if we ever come close... uh Listeners, feel free to send them in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we did have uh, one submission, uh, an original submission that we wrote. Actually, two. Did we ever? We did read mine, didn't we? I believe so. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I mean, it was okay. I okay. honestly don't remember, but I'm sure. It was oh, good. how dare you! Sorry, you read it. <laughs> nah, it was. Uh, it, it could have been better. But I still have the ambition of one day of us actually writing a freaky tale short story book. Mm-hmm. I think I think we could definitely do it, and then we will uh, put it up in Audible. Nice, I love it. Love the idea. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what are you freaking thinking about? Oh, um, what am I freaking thinking about? I am freaking thinking about. Uh, you know, we are in the freaky month of October. One hundred percent. I am a big fan of the Castlevania Netflix series that came out a few years ago. And they recently have released a new series called Castlevania Nocturne. And I watched that this week and it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm guessing vampires. Yep. Vampires and vampire hunters and um, magic and all sorts of stuff. It's a fun show. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Only eight episodes. I hope they get another season. Um, but I'd recommend it. If you're a fan of the Castlevania series, it is, it remains one of the best adaptations of a video game into a TV show or movie that exists. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like with, with all the movies that are coming out and all the different kind of movies that we see, there's not a lot of like monster hunting stuff. Like, no, I, not I, really. I, I think we're way past due for a uh, for like a new Van Helsing to come out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why like Supernatural was always like so popular and stuff because it was something that was a little bit different. Like, I mean, you get like you know the the docu series stuff where like people are going to like haunted places and checking for ghosts and stuff. But now that you, you know you got like a TV show where they're actually hunting down like vampires and. Uh, werewolves and demons and all this shit. And I think that's why I ran for the 
18 or 20 years it did or whatever, but I think it's about time we get a uh, a new Monster Honey movie out there. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'll have to check that out, you know, because, I mean, again, it's the spooky season. I only watch spooky shows uh, mm-hmm. around spooky season. Uh, not horror movies. I don't do that. I'm a bitch, so. Yeah, this is not, I don't think it's particularly scary, but there's some good blood and, and fighting and stuff. It's good. I enjoy gotcha. it. Now, what about you? What are you freaking thinking about? Uh, jeez, I mean, I'm trying to remember what the hell I was freaking thinking about last time we recorded because I don't want to double up. Um, I don't think I am. Uh, I've been watching a lot of, uh, um, well, ghost story stuff on, uh, on Hulu. There's a series called A Haunting Of. And basically, oh. like, I don't know if you ever, have you ever heard of the, uh, Celebrity Ghost Story show? Mm-mm. So there was a show on, uh, I don't know, it's like A&E or something like that, but it was called like Celebrity Ghost Stories, where celebrities would tell their scary stories, where they witness ghosts and stuff like that. Um, and that was like, uh, like early 2010-ish, somewhere around there, and this show came out in like 2015, 2016 or whatever. And basically what it was is, this uh psychic medium uh who could re who could uh talk to ghosts and all this stuff takes those celebrities back to the places where they went to see the haunting and see what they could come uh uncover and stuff like that all right, so I've been very into that, and I've been watching a lot of that uh on Hulu lately and everything like that, so I mean it's the you know festive season, but I started watching it technically in September, but it was because uh I actually started watching right around the time we got back from uh, doing the cemetery vlogs. Oh, nice. Because usually that's what really kind of gets me ready for the uh, season and gets me in the mood to, like, you know, start watching, like, you know, the ghost stuff and everything. Uh, but it's pretty cool. I encourage anyone who has Hulu to watch it. I turn to, like, ghost stories and stuff like that if you believe in mediums and things like that. Uh it's definitely an interesting show and pretty cool to see because it is it's true celebrities and stuff, you know, and um so it's pretty awesome. All right, nice. Yeah. Hey Joe. Yes. Uh during the spooky season here on this freaky show, Cartoon Joe is uh I guess you could call it a sabbatical. Yeah, you could. Yeah. In his absence you're here to kind of help me along, tell me some stories and uh share in some uh some witty spooky banter. So if our listeners for some reason start to miss Cartoon Joe a little bit, where can they go? If you need Cartoon Joe in your life during the month of October, you can find him over at the Geekcast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find him on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and Twitter by searching Geekcast Live. Excellent. Guys, make sure you check out uh, our cemetery vlogs. Uh, they are being released throughout the entire month of October. Uh, it is the Wisconsin trip we took. You can find that series over at our YouTube channel at FreakNet Studios. Um, I believe so far uh, we're, we're more than halfway through. Uh, we've been releasing them throughout the month of uh, October, obviously. So we're almost through. They're almost all released. So make sure you go check out what has been released. Hit that notification bell and subscribe so you can check out the ones that have yet to be released this month. And, of course, you can listen to our show wherever you do listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Just make sure you're subscribed there as well and give us a rating and review if it's applicable. And 
Check out our social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching this freaking show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have. So, as always, I am Travesty. I'm the Freak Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaky show. I'm out.